name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, amen. This is one of the Gospels that we read. And we've heard so, so many times. And the Coptic Church has it that this Gospel is repeated multiple times. But the beauty of this Gospel is in many different factors, many different ways. We can look at it from different perspectives. And today we're going to look at it from the very beginning of this miracle. We look at this miracle and we see, like let's just picture this for a second, Christ, what just happened in the previous chapters? He healed the paralytic. He visited the Samaritan woman. Like major events had just happened. And people started talking about who Christ is. And even if they didn't fully understand, they saw these great miracles. They saw this situation where it's a situation, an impossible situation that God completely changed. But today we're going to look at this and see the conversation and what Christ actually did in this moment. It says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that, we, that these may eat? You look at this comment, and if, and if you read it, you kind of see, why would Christ ask that question? Why would Christ ask St. Philip, okay, there's a lot of people here. Where can we get, where, where's the nearest supermarket? Like, where can we get this food to feed all these people? And the fathers talk about this question in a way where it was a test to Philip to kind of see where, how limited he felt Christ was. Because Philip could have answered in two ways. He could have said, it doesn't matter, we don't have no stores here, it doesn't matter, you're going to take care of this. Like, there is no number, whether it's 100 people, 200 people, 1,000 people, 5,000 people and their families, like it doesn't matter. But he responded and said, because in, in verse 6, Christ said, but this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Christ already knew. Christ already knew that the end of this story would be that 5,000 people would be fed and filled, regardless of what happens. And Philip answered him, said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Then they saw a child. And this child, as we know, had five loaves and two fish. And even the, the, when we see a picture of this, we see two huge pieces of fish. The Greek actually is the, 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 the Greek word for this fish is actually like small fish, like kind of like a sardine. Like it's not even, it won't even feed the disciples, the 12 that were there. It wasn't, it wasn't enough for just the immediate group. 
And the idea behind this was that Christ used the offering of the child. This miracle teaches us many things. And one of the main things is that our offering is important in God's miracles every day. What we offer to God is crucial. Now, God already knew what he was going to do. But he wanted us to participate. The, the miracle of the five loaves reminds us that nothing we offer is too small. Nothing we offer is too small. Christ shows us here that he will use our sacrifices, our efforts, anything that we give in order to do a miracle, in order to, to change our lives and the lives of those around us. Now the question is, what do we offer? And how can we offer? If we ever, every single day, we have to ask ourselves, what are we offering to Christ? The Orthodox Church is about synergy. It's about our participation in God. Our participation in Christ. So that everything is done together. We talked about this before, that the liturgy is not just the priests praying and then everybody else watching until communion, but that everything works together in this miracle, in this sacrament. So for example, we see, if you notice, we pray this many times, there's many times audibly and many times inaudibly, that, that the priests pray for those who brought these gifts, those on whose behalf they have been brought and those by whom they have been brought. Why? Because the way the church was established was that Christ wanted us to participate in the miracles. Our role is to always offer. When we say, when the priest says those things, to, to, to remember all those who have brought these gifts, it's not just, yes, we are talking about the gifts which are the, the chalice, the patent, um, the, the curtains, the, the water, the wine, the bread. Yes, we are talking about those things. But we're also talking about ourselves. Ourselves, what we bring, what we offer. And the idea is that we must be able to offer in the right way. That we don't think, you know what, what is, what is it? Who cares if I offer or not? So-and-so is going to offer. But the idea here, he was teaching the disciples as well as the people, as well as us, that it's important for us to offer. Now we look at this story and we look at this child and God chose a child that had five loaves and two fish. What if this child only had Two loaves. Would the miracle have been done? Yes. It wasn't about the amount. It wasn't about the amount that was given or offered to God. 
It was about our participation in Christ. As we go through day after day after day, it's very important for us to understand what our role is and what Christ's role is. What our role is in relation to Christ. Because there's two types of Christians. There's a Christian that feels that they are separated from God. Whatever God does, God will keep doing things. And whether I offer or not, whether I do or I don't, God will continue to do, which is true to a certain extent. God doesn't need us, but it's an opportunity to be blessed in the service, and God wants us to be blessed. That's why it's important to offer. And the way that it was offered is important too. The fact that we offer with our heart, the fact that we offer with what we have. It's not like this child had five more loaves and ten more fish hidden away, and he said, you know what, here's what I have, God. Sometimes that's how we offer to God. We offer to God based on our excess. We offer to God, we say, you know what? I'm going to, like, he, he, he could have had these 5,000 fish. And he said, okay, I don't believe that God's going to feed 5,000 people. I need to look out for myself. I'm a young boy. I need to grow. I'm going to keep one fish and one loaf and give him the rest. He didn't do that. He offered everything he had because this is the beauty of the gospel. This is the beauty of the church. This is the beauty of Christianity, that there is a synergy between us and God, that we say, God, here's everything I have. Do whatever. And that do whatever thing teaches us to trust in God. The boy didn't just sit here and ask, Okay, this is ridiculous. There's 5,000 people. I'm going to give you five loaves and two fish. What are you going to do with it? He didn't ask. He said, okay, here. This is yours. Do whatever you want. We don't, he didn't ask for a a, a plan. He didn't ask for a receipt. He didn't ask for a a step-by-step process. He just gave. He gave what he had. And this child's faith is so important and teaches us so much that he stood out and gave. And it wasn't just this child. It was Andrew as well. Because Andrew is the one who found the child. Andrew saw that here's what we can offer. We can offer this. As ridiculous as it sounds, because it is ridiculous. Five loaves and two fish to feed that many people, not just to feed them, but there was excess food and everybody was completely stuffed? Doesn't make sense. But what the beauty of this was that there's a participation. It's important for us to participate, not because God needs us, but it's important for us to participate because we need to participate. It's for our benefit. When we come into church, Liturgy will happen regardless, whether we're on our phones or we're not. Whether our minds are somewhere else completely or our minds are here. Liturgy will happen. The bread and the wine will 
turn into the body and the blood of Christ. But it's to our benefit that we offer up our hearts. We offer up our minds, our, our spirit. We offer up our prayers and our praise. Although it could be very small. It could be very small. Maybe I don't know the hymns. But it's important for me to follow along. Because that participation, that little amount of what I can offer, God uses to do miracles. He uses us, our small offerings, to do miracles. We have to ask ourselves, what do we offer? What do we offer to God? And the question has to be, what do we offer to God every day? What do we offer to God every day? It's not a, okay, I offer to God. This isn't about what we, what we offer, but how we offer. It's about offering every single day. Are we offering up our hearts? Are we offering up our effort, that sacrifice in the morning to spend time with God? Are we sacrificing and we offering these meals during the fast to God? Are we offering even the smallest thing to God? Are we offering our money, our time, our effort? Because that's what God uses for the, the miracles. I, I wish I could sit with this child and ask what he was thinking about when he was like one child in the middle of the disciples, you know, of Christ, in the middle of 5,000 people, and he's the one who was holding a basket of food. He's the only one who had food. He's the only one who had food. I wonder what he was thinking about. The other thing is, so the first thing is, what do we offer? And how do we offer it every day? Second is never limiting God's ability. If they sat there and did math, forget it. It wouldn't make any sense. They would just give up. They would tell people just to leave, go figure out, go find your food. Passover was going on on the other side, not too far. Go, go have the feast. But the idea is here that he didn't turn them away because he knew that he could do this. There is no limit to what God can do with the small that we offer. We think about in the service, for example. Sometimes when we look, things are very overwhelming. There's a list of 100, 150 youth, five servants. Doesn't make any sense. But if we trust like this child and we say, okay, I'm going to offer my heart, my mind, my prayers, my focus, my everything, God can do miracles. Again, numbers-wise, doesn't make sense. So God shows us here that there is no limit to what he's able to do. We should never think something is too hard or impossible for God. Never. There is nothing that is impossible for God. But we have to participate. It's to our benefit that we participate. 
the last thing is, what did Christ do when he saw the five loaves and two fish? So, first thing he said was, he, when, when uh, St. Andrew pointed out the child with the five loaves and two fish, Christ responded, make them sit down in groups of 50. He started the process. But look at what, how it was broken down. This idea of the groups of 50, the fathers say that this was basically the establishment of the church. This idea that these small groups were going to be receiving these miracles. This is what the church is. That Christ said, okay, I need to organize. 50 people sit in this area, and then a disciple who are known as the first bishops, right? So the bishops went to these churches, and what happened? What was the result when they went to them? The people were fed. And actually, when we read this, also it gets lost in translation. Because it wasn't that, oh, they were hungry and then they, they, they ate. No. This was, they were hungry. They ate to the point where they were full that they couldn't eat anymore. Like they were completely stuffed. To the point where there was 12 baskets. 12 baskets remaining. 12 baskets remaining. And we have to ask ourselves, are we being fed? Are we coming? Are these, are we going to the church to be fed? To not just be satisfied, not just be, oh, okay, like that was okay. But are we coming to learn? Are we coming that we can leave completely stuffed? When we are completely stuffed with Christ, are we completely filled with Christ? There will be no room for anything else. Like those who are living and are filled with Christ, they're not thinking about, oh, you know, I, I, I wish I was doing this sin, or I wish I was doing this, I wish I was doing that. They don't compare themselves to anything else. Why? Because they're completely filled. If I'm filled with food, right, if I'm, if I enjoyed my, my meal and I'm filled and I can't, I don't sit here and start thinking about another meal. I don't think about something else that I can eat because I'm filled. When we offer and God does these miracles and we come to the church to partake of Him and to connect to Him and to really be fed by Him, are we willing at that point to say, Yes, I'm being filled. Yes, I want to be filled. Yes, God continue to do these miracles. I will continue offering and you continue to transform the world, to transform me, to transform the things around me. Like I said before, orthodoxy is about synergy. When we're here, 
if you notice, we talk about this many times. Just, for example, the screen that we have up right now. There's a role. People have a role. So the people have a role. And then you'll see in the prayers, the priests have a role and the deacons have a role. And our, we cannot mix the roles. The priest can't sit there and do the congregation role and the deacon's role and the priest role. And the, the, the congregation shouldn't be doing the priest's role or the deacon inside, inside's role. We all have different roles. And, the, and, as, and Christ shows us this in this gospel, that he organized things in a certain way. For us, the child had a role, the disciples had a role, and God had a role. So that we all offer, we all are transformed by this, by this miracle. I pray that when we look at this miracle, we don't think of it as an event that happened 2,000 years ago, but that God can do anything God can do anything, and it's to our benefit that we give and we offer our hearts, our effort, our sacrifice, and anything that we could give to God so that, there, so that God can transform us and transform the world around us. Glory be to God forever.